It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hail Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. It is Sunday night, Game Week 3 is concluded. The international break, sadly, has begun. My name is Josh, we're here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I am sad as well about the international break. It's sort of like, uh, you know, it was going so well. I thought we had a couple of good dates. We had some interesting conversation. I went in for the kiss and you yeah. said maybe we better not see each other anymore. That's kind of what happens with the early international <laughs> break. It like stops all of the romantic momentum I was having with FPL. It's going to be, it's, it, you know, it always comes a little too early, that first international break. It's This one's a little more fun because we do have a couple of World Cup qualifiers, at least in the, I, I guess, pretty much across the board. You're, you have World Cup qualifiers during this during this span. And so, the, you know, the U.S. played three of them. And so I'm, I was telling you before we started recording that I need to kind of get myself into a headspace again where I can get excited about the men's team. We, you know, we didn't qualify for the last World Cup and it was a real, for many, many, at least for myself, it, like it took me like yeah. a two full years to kind of get over that, you know? And so now yeah. I'm kind of like, all right, like World Cup qualifying is here. Let's get, let's get excited again. Yeah, right. So some FPL managers are going to be focused on their national team sides. Some FPL managers are just going to say, I deserve a break. I'm going to turn off my football brain. And other FPL managers are saying, boom, it's wild card time. I mean, it has been it's been a banner opening of a season for the quote unquote template players. But now there is just incredible transfer mm-hmm. news flying everywhere on top of Harry Kane's being back in the mix. And there is this right. temptation to totally upend our teams and possibly even trigger a wild card. So this is what we're going to be talking about on this episode is, is this the right time to wild card? What's your plan, Josh? What's my plan? If not now, when? And what is all this transfer news bubbling up and these big premium players? What does that actually mean for our templates as they stand? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, like like you said, you it, Ronaldo has completely changed the game. And I think after game week one, Many people, I would say the majority of people listening to podcasts had a pretty strong start to the season. We're feeling pretty good about how things were going. And, and, and I think in many cases still are. Uh, but when you add in certainly one of the whatever, you, wherever you want to rank him, certainly one of the five greatest players of all time. And I know that he's 36 going on 37 in, in February, but he's also you know incredible fitness, golden boot winner at the Euros this summer. I mean, I, th- this idea that Ronaldo is going to come in and score you know, nine goals or something like that over the course of the season is just crazy to me. I think he's going to be amazing. And I think we all, you know, the majority of us do feel that way. And so it it really quickens our pulse a little bit and makes you think, well, even though I kind of like my team, maybe I need to rejigger things a little bit. I think most of us don't have Lukaku either. And so he's another big factor. Yeah. So my, my one, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, and we can talk through this when we get to our, the, the real meat of our wildcard conversation of, is it all too soon? is this all just theoretical at this point? And mm-hmm. I have a team where I'm 
pretty much all of my players are performing pretty well. They're delivering what I want them to deliver. Is it all just too theoretical at this point to start tearing up our teams that are doing pretty well? And I think that's kind of the side of the wildcard argument that I'm going to be on today. Yeah, I think there's, and so again, I think I don't want to sort of have the conversation at the start of the pod and then have it again in a minute. So let's, let's, just note that that's the theme of this week's podcast. We're going to get to it in just a second. A lot of interesting wildcard questions, a lot of Man United questions. And I think where you come down in certain Man United players in some ways dictates whether you are going to wildcard. So, you know, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, but before we do, let's, let's, let's kind of, you know, put a wrap on game week three, which I thought was, was a pretty interesting game week. I mean, I, you know, I didn't think you had a lot of spectacular goals. I thought um, you had some, kind of fun, wide open matches. It was, um, I mean, we did the 10 things you think we think after game week two. And I think some things have changed. My, my perspective has changed on a, on a few teams, a few players uh, pretty quickly. Um, I mean, this is just where we are this, this, this early on in the season. It's sort of just, it's constantly shifting. And I, you know, I, I don't think it's healthy to even have like really fixed opinions on, on players and teams or ability to keep clean sheets. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I finally kept their first clean sheet of the season. Right. But in, in some ways you're kind of, I, I don't, feel any better about them um spurs did keep a third clean sheet and i'm sort of wondering if maybe we were a little too sour on them and so i you know there's i think a lot of things are changing very rapidly so where are you after where you know how does your team look after game week three how are you feeling about things i guess i feel fine i hit 60 points in game week three which is just a little bit above the average but i'm gonna take a red arrow i'm down about eighty thousand spots to 184k overall but you know, that's great. I'm still on very solid fit- footing. The way I would look at that 60-point week in game week three is sort of a, a stabilizing week. Two mm-hmm. nice green arrows in game weeks one and two, and uh, to kind of have an, a, an, a, a slightly above average game week means, okay, so you're, you're, I'm still in a position of, of strength. And I, I think where I saw my team miss was in Diogo Jota, and that mm-hmm. was a big... A source of anxiety for me heading into game week three all you know the historical team sheets say Firmino starts in place of Jota against the top six sides virtually every game looking at the uh looking at Liverpool's lineup since Jota came in so it was not a surprise to see Jota come off the bench and Jota coming off the bench into that uh, fixture where Chelsea were down to 10 men. I was like, well, this is actually kind of not great yep. news for Jota because hmm. you think a Chelsea at 10 men are going to sit a little deeper. They're going to be a little That's bit true. more compact yeah. and hard to break down. That was a tough one to take on the chin, but I was set on uh, using just one of my two free transfers so I could roll two into the international break. Went with Jota, and that that's all right. My one transfer was to go for Livramento uh, in place of Veltman. Veltman, mm-hmm. did, did you anticipate Veltman coming back into the lineup this week? I hadn't heard any news that he was anywhere near that team sheet. Yeah, I was a little surprised. He made the bench, right? And I guess he did... He came he on as a sub played, appearance. Yeah, yeah, I came on and played forty five minutes. I actually didn't. I I did. I knew that he made the bench. I didn't see that he uh, played. You know, the beauty, Brandon, of the ten o'clock. You know, <laughs> or the, the three p.m.s as they are in the UK. Yeah, uh, the ten a.m.s here in, in New York is. Um, you don't have to watch Brighton matches anymore if you don't want to. So not not. <laughs> Not to, not to totally impugn Brighton, but often there are matches that are slightly more exciting. And so that was not um, at the top of my list on, on Saturday morning. Right, right. So I, I I brushed off the temptation to Captain Bruno and went with the Antonio captaincy 
that worked out really well. Really happy about that. If I see problems that I want to address over the international break, I've got Ivan Tony. Mm-hmm. Brentford just like already looked like they might be running out of a little bit of gas. And Danny Ings. Danny Ings is one of those players where you have to uh, be conscious as, enough as a fantasy manager to say, Danny, you've battled hard to bring me every fantasy point you possibly could yeah. over the last three weeks and that we've probably already reached the end of the road. I mean, Aston Villa um, just aren't. It, it's it's not really clicking for them at the moment. Yeah. So I see Tony and Ings as uh, issues to resolve. Jota now, I think I feel a little bit better holding him. And then we'll we'll see what I can do with two free transfers to maybe uh, shake things up, maybe bring in one of these premium players we're going to talk about. Yeah, and the wild card discussion. Just out of curiosity, was there any ever a point where you thought about dropping Jota? And if so, for who? Yeah, well, the obvious replacement would be like for like for Mason Greenwood. Uh, And um, ultimately, I just felt like it was too much of a sideways move to to justify. And, you know, if Jota fans would say Jota is incredibly capable of getting goals and multiple goals at that off of the bench. I think if you had to predict what kind of result that was going to be against Chelsea, it was going to always be a low-scoring game. So in hindsight, I probably should have been a little bit braver with my second free transfer and maybe look to do something with Jota. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Ronaldo thing made it trickier, though, too, right? Because if you get Jota, if you get Greenwood, that's your third Man United spot. It, it makes it just a little bit harder to bring in Ronaldo if you decide to go that route. So, I, you know, I think that that might have been a factor for some managers, too, was just that kind of or, or just a, or a little concern about whether he was going to um, lose his spot. Or I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Greenwood more later. I, I actually don't think that's the case, but I think there's just a, there's a little more anxiety around him now, which made him maybe a little less appealing as a as a game week three transfer. Sure. So how'd your team do in game week three, Joshua? Yeah, uh, good. Uh, really good. I, I finished on 71 points, um, up to 38,000 overall. So, you know, just a really, um, I, I mean, it has to be among the best starts I've ever had. Uh, so that feels really good. I went with Antonio too. And I, you know, it's funny cause I said, I didn't think the game week three was a game week for great goals, but I thought his goal was maybe my, I mean, okay. Am I just hopelessly biased because I captained him too? I don't know. But just like the way he took this, you know, 40 yard pass, muscled, was it Anderson, right? Your your boy, yes. the yeah. ex Fulham player. Fulham Loney. Yep. Yeah. Uh, muscles Anderson off and then just picks, I think it's like one touch, right? And then one, you know, one touch and just, you know, slams it past Guy. I mean, it was such a beautiful goal. I mean, the, the only shame is that they, they, they equalized, like, uh, Palace equalized like a minute later, you know? And so it took a little of the, um, uh, it was just a weird, it was like such a weird, like whiplash moment where you're like, wait, Connor Gallagher right. just scored again, you know? But <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But yeah, Antonio is just on fire right now. And yep. I think it's encouraging as a fantasy owner to see him scoring so consistently and scoring fantastic goals so consistently yeah. and, and, and goals yeah. that are not easy to score. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it's not like he's just a product of, well, I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to belabor it. Antonio's great. Good player. Great yeah, fantasy no, asset. It's totally insane. I mean, he's got four goals and four assists in the first three matches of the season. He has 40 total points in the season. He's at, what does that come out to? He's averaging like 13.3 points a match right now. That yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. And that includes a you know Lester at home. I guess there was a red card in that match, but his matches ahead look pretty good too. I mean, Southampton, Brentford, and Leeds in three of the next four. 
yeah. Man United, but that one's at home. I mean, I, you know, it just like at this point, you just have to get him if you don't have him. Right? It's so cheap too. I mean, even even with the he's risen 0.4 and he's still only at 7.9 million. I mean, it's just one of the great one of the great bargains in the game. And so, um, you know, I know I know that there's a certain feeling tonight that managers, fantasy managers, have where you're like, well. I, you know, I missed out. I missed my window and now it's closed and now I can't bring him in. And I, I think that that usually is a, is the wrong way to think about it. No, it's you know, a moment said, yeah, yeah. where you just have to lie to yourself. Tell yourself mm-hmm. a lie that Antonio actually started the season priced at 8.0 and right. you right. thought you were going to bring in Dominic Calvert-Lewin going into game week four, but actually look, there's a guy Antonio, who's actually dropped in price to seven point nine, he's down point one. Yeah, you got to you got to take him now before the price rise, right? You got to yeah. uh, <laughs> before everyone else gets on him. So um, I, I brought in Cresswell, and that was uh, just I, I was looking at Sufal, and then I, I was sort of really on Friday leaning towards uh, strongly in towards a wild card, and so I thought, well, if I'm in a wild card anyway, let me just get the player that I think could has a little more attacking potential. And, um, and now it's funny cause now I'm, I'm really wavering on whether I want a wild card or not. And again, we'll talk about that in just a second, but, uh, but that, that move worked out really well. In the end, it was, a you know, one of those miracle fantasy moments where he didn't get the credit at the time, which I actually was a little surprised by because I felt like the intention was to pass it to Antonio. And usually the intention there is what, is what they count, you know? Right. And so sort of, by the time, you know, he, I mean, I know like ricocheted off, Antonio and Anderson before he put it on his foot. But, you know, th- that's usually enough of like kind of like real time, you know, it was moving pretty fast. And so usually you did get the credit there. And so, so he got a uh, late assist and a bonus point. And so I finished with, you know, five points from him, uh, eight from Greenwood. Um, and the Greenwood, again, I'm just like, like you said, I mean, it's just been, he's been fantastic and um, eight, 10 and eight to start the season. And, um, I, and there was like a little like belly aching about whether sock should have done better on, um, on his goal. And I mean, I think that's like a legit conversation to have, but I think that a, I think it was definitely a shot, not a cross. And I think that because Mason Greenwood has to be so respected as a finisher, I think it puts saw in a position where he had to kind of just put his arm out, just flail and try to do something there, you know? And so unfortunately kind of ricocheted off him and, and in, but I think there's at least a chance that that ball went in. If saw doesn't touch it, I think that I'm not convinced that that was going to go, you know, um, past the post. Oh yeah. It's a situation in which both things are true. Goalkeeper error and great play by Greenwood. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah. And then I've got, I've got Tony too. Ings, Ings I'm looking at to, to move out as well. I think you're totally right on Ings. I mean, it's, we, we, we should all just feel so lucky. we got 19 points from him in these three matches and they basically never looked good. I mean, I know we had a, a point Blake save, uh, denied in the first half yesterday, but I mean, just Villa are not totally clicking yet. Watkins came in late and so maybe that's going to change things a little bit, you know, who knows. So yeah, so 71 points overall. Um, I, I only have one transfer, but I do have point, 0.4 million in the bank. And so um, Ings to Calvert-Lewin is what I'm leaning towards right now. But we can talk about more, talk more about that next week when we do our, our Game Week 4 preview pod. I think this pod is really going to be more about the, the wild card conversation. So that's where we are. Quick note before we get into the wild card talk, which is uh, congratulations to the August T-shirt winner, Brandon. This is a, it's a our yeah. Patreon moment here. Yeah, Christopher, first ever. Yeah, first ever, first ever Dean's List, D-I-G-N-E, Dean's List, Manager of the Month Award, goes to Christopher Akins. He has been a Patreon supporter since August 7th, 2019. So I thought that was really cool uh, that somebody who's, you know, just supported the pod for more than two years uh, was was the first winner of the, of the T-shirt giveaway. So Christopher, we're going to reach out to you. We'll get your address. We'll get you a T-shirt out ASAP. Uh, and each month throughout the rest of the season, from September through May, we're going to be giving out a T-shirt of the high score each month in the Always Cheating Super League. The teachers are, are very 
Um, you can you can look at our, on our website or, or various other places to see them, but they're kind of a baseball style three quarter mm-hmm. sleeve shirt. So, um, so we're, we're giving those away once a month. So once again, congrats to Christopher and good luck to everybody in uh, September. Um, if you want to say thanks and become part of the Always Cheating Patreon community, you know, that word community branded, I know it, it raises people's, uh, you know, heartbeats. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Barack Obama started as a community organizer, Josh. So I say that puts us <laughs> in pretty esteemed a company, That's right? true. That's a good point. A very good point. Strong point. Uh, and uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating for that. We do an extra podcast each week, even during the international breaks. It's the kind of troopers that we are. Uh, there's the Weekend Review newsletter, courtesy of Mini League Mate. Uh, everyone at our highest tiers gets a free t-shirt and Quick thank you to our newest patrons, our new producer, managed mm. by managed by Lasso. Yeah, I like welcome. that, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, big Ted uh, Lasso fan. That's right. Of course, I mean we all are. I don't care about this discourse. This season two isn't as <laughs> yeah. strong discourse. I mean, even if it's true, which it probably is, uh, I'm still enjoying it. So I don't, you know, the Christmas episode not my favorite. Everything else I've been pretty okay with so far. Yeah, sorry, it's not the Sopranos, everybody. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Lord here, uh, Otto Kekalainen, Paul Drake, Eric Trollius, Gavin O'Donnell, Charlie Bryant, Andrew Kehoe, uh, Andrew Kehoe, excuse me, and Alex Holcomb. Thank you to all of our newest patrons. And um, yeah, so if you want to support the pod, patreon.com slash always change where you go. We'd really sincerely appreciate it. We're going to take a break, get back and talk about wild cards. All right, Brian, we're back. Today's topic is wild card time, question mark. And so I wanted to just start things off a little bit. Uh, maybe just talk a little bit about, I know we did a little bit of the sort of the pod. You're sort of on the fence about whether you want a wild card, whether, I mean, it sounds like you're just flat out not going to wild card, right? Is there a scenario, like maybe I guess like if some of these international break, if that, if, you know, if some of the COVID red what you know red color what is that called the red the, the red state? list red, red list, list i think yeah, exactly. red listed nations i think is what you'd call it yeah um, i think that is the one scenario in which i would wild card would be suddenly i open up my fpl app and half my team is flagged or yeah you know, three sure. to four three to four to five that's mm-hmm. like definitely an unhealthy number right there um but i I fear for the argument of like the other argument for even if your team is in good shape, somebody would argue, well, what about all the price rises that are going to happen? If you don't wild card now, we're going to see all of these price changes on premium assets change during the break. And suddenly you could be 0.1, 0.2 short of Mm -hmm. getting in somebody like Lukaku or Kane. And Ronaldo will be just introduced into the game. Uh, during the break, Tuesday, so his his price think, will be fixed. I heard Tuesday uh, okay. is when he might. Uh, the, he doesn't he doesn't actually have a number yet uh, because the numbers are locked in for the season, so he he can't be number seven. So he's actually getting a a new number going into this season. They were talking about that on um, on today's. Uh, he should uh, definitely be double zero. I mean, come on, Ronaldo, double oh, zero would true. just be like great. William Bedford, the Detroit Piston. It'd be great, <laughs> yeah. double zero, or or just be like a a true like Chav and and get sixty nine or, or or something hilarious <laughs> like that. <laughs> That'd be great. Seventy seven. I I heard that one bandied about. So, or just a lightning bolt. A lightning bolt looks kind of like a seven, but it's not actually a seven. Uh, but but I yeah I think the all the all the um, the talk about the the price changes and whatnot I I can't I can't be bothered with it's not that I can't be bothered with that I don't want to dismiss that argument because sure. team team value is 
like weirdly a complicated thing. Um, so when, what then I land on is, well, let's just look at the players in my team. And I kind of like them all, except for, you know, the aforementioned Danny Ings. And that's, I have, I have 1 million in the bank and two free transfers. So it's kind of yeah. like sky's the limit for my own personal team. And then yeah. like speaking more generally, my argument against wild carding for people in my position who would say, well, actually I feel like the only path forward is to get one of these premium players like Kane or Lukaku, or I want to be first on board with Ronaldo is what, what I was, what I was touching upon with Lukaku earlier in the show is Listen, we saw this guy um, become like the biggest player in fantasy this season uh, in game week two. And that was Mm -hmm. him only scoring one goal. And he did nothing against Liverpool. Not a lot of people actually brought him in, relatively speaking. So, like, I I feel like there is just a lot of noise in the game right now, which is which is motivating a lot of people to think that they have to be super active. They've got to be making moves. Do they have to be transferring in these players? But stop and look at your team. Actually, your team is pretty good. And, um, you know, it's frustrating. Uh, you and I, Josh, have a pretty similar looking team. And I know it's frustrating to some managers when they think, oh, I've got the same players as everybody else. It would be fun yeah. to wild card and yeah. shake things up and get some new players in. And I can be different. And that could also be an edge. And it still, for me, feels too early for that because... Um, yeah. everything is going according to plan and, and we have, we have good players in this template. So I think we need to write it out a little bit more so we can get some more information. So that's where I stand with my personal team and generally on the wild card is it just feels premature. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I've sort of come back around to that position and it's sort of interesting that when you talk about everyone having the same team, because I feel like, you know, you already started to see some itchy, itchy trigger fingers this 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 week and you know there are a couple of high profile moments where people made really aggressive moves um sort of maybe most most famously uh you know or infamously or whatever was uh um mark southerns right who um you know uh friend of the pod and just you know a really great fantastic manager incredible track record um and he transferred out Ferran torres and brought in Lukaku and then sort of, you know, just that alone. I think you brought up Mares as well. And I think it was, it ended up being something like a net 30 point swing, uh, all told. And, uh, you know, a couple other examples as well, where people were just kind of ready to move on, like ready to, <laughs> to ready, ready to start making some, some bold moves, ready to start bringing Lukaku. And I'm not saying, I, I don't single him out for any particular reason. I just think that there's, there, I, I, I strongly suspect there were a lot of people out there who just felt like, okay, I'm ready to start making some to make it some moves and be, and just feel a little bit different right now, you know? And I think you and I had that feeling a little bit last week, I think where we went with, um, with Bruno instead of Sal, even though Sal was the overwhelming captaincy favorite, right. And it didn't work out that, that, you know, in that case, but you know, didn't ultimately we, we got kind of lucky it didn't cost that much. And I think Antonio was, was the one this week, right. Where he sort of, there were some things against him where one was that he was just kind of the first captain pick to play. And sometimes it's, it is fun, even just in the back of your head to have that last captain of the day. We talked about this a little bit last week too, right? You get to kind of win Saturday if the other captain doesn't go well, but I think you and I both kind of came to our senses on, on the Antonio thing, especially for Monday when he just looks yeah. so good. The matchup against palace was just yeah. too enticing. And yep. again, Bruno, the home and away we'll talk thing. Talk about which Bruno we, later. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. haven't talked about the home and away yet, and to see Bruno again away from home as he was in game week two was that was probably the final straw for me. 
It's yeah, it's and now we're in a tough spot with Bruno again. Again, we'll talk about him in, in just a second. So, you know, I think in some ways you don't have to worry too much. And, you know, it's sort of two perspectives on it. One is that um, you're feeling passive. And the, other, the other is that everyone's your team's going to start looking different than everybody else's because everybody else is going to start moving. And there could maybe be an argument for being stable for a little while. Right. And just sort of sticking with the team that you really put a lot of time and thought into going into the season. Right. And that, that's why I brought up Mark is because it was really thoughtful and creative to bring in Ferran Torres to begin with. Right. And so, but it is kind of hard once, once you have a couple of matches in the books to, 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 to hold, you know, especially if the, if the player hasn't delivered yet, it's kind of hard to, to hold. And I think, you know, Tony is kind of in that spot right now too, or he's got a pretty decent matchup at home in game week four. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, I think we're not, I think we're all getting a little less enamored with Brighton. Um, I didn't mean to take such a personal dig at them earlier on in the podcast, but I think, you know, it's sort of um, maybe the, I, I don't, I'm still feeling fine with them as a, as a team, but I, I think maybe their, their defense, I'm just, I'm a little un, you know, unsure about uh, now. Um, they, it always looks good, but it seems like fantasy wise, it doesn't quite yeah. deliver. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, so yeah. And I think, um, so it's, it's just, you know, keeping the faith, I think is a little tough right now. And so um, I, the way that I, but it's not a practical level. I think that where I've come down on my, on my fantasy team is I looked at it and I started to tinker yesterday and I almost pulled the trigger. I had like eight transfers I was going to make. Part of it is tricky because we don't actually know what Lukaku's price is going to be. And so I, I sort of put in Kane as a placeholder. We don't right? know what that, uh, Ronaldo's price is going to be. You just Jesse Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. So I had a, a team with with Lukaku and and sort of Kane as my Ronaldo placeholder. And and then I just sort of thought about it more. And I was like, well, I, I look at my team for, for game week four. And I've got... You know, Sanchez and Tony, sure. I mean, they play each other, but I think one of the two of them, I, I, I think you get a return in, in game week four. And then I've got Cresswell away to Southampton, Trent and Shaw. Great. Perfectly happy with that back line. I've got Ben Rama, Bruno at home to Newcastle, Sal at Leeds, Greenwood at home to Newcastle. Superb, right? Greenwood didn't get called up to the to England, right? Like he's going to certainly going to start game week four, in my opinion. Uh, and then you've got Ings, Antonio and Tony. And of that, you know, the only player I don't really like is Ings, and I've got 0.4 million in the bank to turn him into Dominic Calvert-Lewin or Patrick Bamford. And if I just make that one move, I'm feeling pretty good about things. And, you know, so, I, you know, I don't have, I, but I wouldn't have Ronaldo. And so, but I just, maybe I wait till game week five, maybe I wait till game week seven, you know, maybe I just, I just hold off a little bit longer. And, um, and I think it's just sort of what you're talking about, which is that you can't, um, you just have to look at what you actually have for the mm-hmm. next week because a wild card is such a valuable thing. And, and there's still so much we don't know. I, I'm still not quite sure that I know who the best 4.5 million defenders are, right? Like if you're going to have Ronaldo and Lukaku and Salah and Trent, if you're going to have, you know, all of these expensive players in your team, you're going to need a bunch of really cheap players to help fill out that roster. Right. And, you know, I think that, you know, it, it's great that we have this this Southampton option now, and you know Brandon Williams got to start for Norwich. But I don't want to go into every game week starting Brandon Williams, right? Like not I, based you know, on that performance, yeah. Joshua. No, exactly. So it makes it a little a little tricky. I think uh, figuring out who you want. I mean, Ben White, like Arsenal have looked terrible so far, but Ben White is a very competent defender. He's not played a minute yet for the team, and he's going to be four point four million, maybe even cheaper. Right. Well, Ben time. White, Ben White yeah. was embarrassed in front of the the Brentford faithful in game week one, but after that was the he. That's was, right. Yeah, I blocked that from my memory. That's <laughs> that's right. Then it, then it's it, it's COVID with him. I think right. Yeah. It, okay. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully he'll be. 
you know, back and, and healthy in, in game week four. Um, so, but again, like Ben White, maybe um, I think that you could look at some of these Wolves defenders. I mean, Wolves are sort of, they're the, I, it's interesting because Wolves are in the same position as Arsenal where they haven't scored a goal yet. They don't have a point yet on the season, but I, I think I feel a lot better about Wolves right now than I do about, about Arsenal um, God, yeah. defensively. Yeah, definitely. Wolves have been in positions to win pretty much every match that they have played thus far and Arsenal haven't been even within touching distance of yeah. three points. So it's, yeah, you watch, you watch Wolves play, especially the last two weeks and you think, okay, it's going to come for them uh, yeah. as a team, maybe not as a, a place for fantasy, but I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. So I think that's tricky. And I think even someone like Ben Rama, I could maybe see moving on from at some point early on. And I, you know, it's, I, I don't want to draw too much from two match from, from, from game week, you know, for just one match because he looks so good in game week one and two, but he was a little peripheral in that match. And it does, there's a feeling maybe that like, okay, like maybe Antonio is the one player. I mean, I don't really like to be doubled up on attacking players from a team that's not like in the top six um, because it's just not, I don't know. I feel like you, you don't quite know exactly what you're going to get from players uh, below that range. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't want to like totally, you know, disparage Ben because he was fantastic the first two matches, but he's a player that I could see myself moving on from sooner than later, depending sure. on how everything works out, um, especially if I need money. Yeah. And like, not to mention doubled up on West Ham attack. We are both tripled up on West Ham. Like, am I trip? I'm tripled up on wool on, uh, on Liverpool. But beyond that, it, it does feel a little bit strange to have, no Chelsea, no City, triple West Ham. <laughs> so, yeah, right, exactly. But but <laughs> exactly. I think that that yeah. that that does actually bring me to something that I think we'll be discussing a ton throughout the rest of the season is with these premium strikers, uh, all to choose from, including Ronaldo. This idea of team balance and price points for all of these different fantasy assets is going to be. Um, it's going to be what we're going to have to uh, navigate. And West Ham has emerged as the perfect fantasy team for the start of the season because all of their players are very modestly priced and yeah. you're they're they're outperforming their their price tags, basically. So what do you think about Sioux Fall, by the way? I mean, he's got to say fairly cheap, fairly, fairly affordable at five billion, but a little frustrating, right? That only only one kind of return in any Anyway, attacking or clean sheet wise through three matches. Well, I think that's unfair. One assist from three matches for a fullback on West Ham is fine. That would be what I would expect. I mean, if yeah. no clean if, sheets, though, that yes, that's that's right. If there was a clean sheet in there, then, yeah, I think you're feeling pretty good. But, you know, the 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 reason one would bring in Sufal virtually the same reason you brought in Cresswell is because of the attacking potential. Right. And Sufal right. has technically delivered on that. And uh, he has been delivering pretty good crosses into the box for that West Ham attack. So I think, yeah. you know, uh, there the, he could have had more assists than just one, then, which would be astounding for a fullback to have, you know, multiple attacking Two returns three. just three, way, three weeks into the season. So I'm not... I mean, I don't look at Sufal and I say he's undroppable and I'm super stoked sure. that I decided to bring him in, but um, he's not a problem for me at all. 
Yeah. There was a question here. I'm just going to kind of jump around with some of these questions as we, as they sort of bring up, come up in this conversation. But um, Daniel Brubaker said, uh, what do you think of Matip, Christensen, and De Gea slash Henderson as cheaper ways into the more elite defenses? And I think Christensen is the one who I think is sort of interesting. I, I you know, I hadn't really, just kind of not on my radar at all. I think maybe because Reese James took up all the space, but I mean, but you know, Andreas Christensen is a 5 million center back. Uh, it was the man of the match in that Chelsea match, um, at least by, by some, some accounts. So um, yeah. What do you think about Matip Christensen to Hannah Henderson? Well, Christensen rotation threat with Tiago Silva. Uh, do I really want to have that sort of Damocles whole, uh, hanging over my head when I can just, try to find an alternate plan to go for Rudiger because mm-hmm. I think Rudiger is probably the safest bet. Now, so like jumping from the Sufal discussion of like Sufal, Cresswell, those are the guys we're tar- we target in a West Ham because they're fullbacks. They, they get up the pitch. They have attacking potential. You get to Chelsea and suddenly uh, I'm only looking at the center backs because there's a ton of rotation with the fullbacks at Chelsea and also got a red card issue with Reese James and you know, there's various injuries and uncertainty there. I, uh, and I made this case for Diaz, uh, maybe it was preseason, but uh, particularly city and Chelsea teams that are going to get at least 20 clean sheets this season. Mm-hmm. Somehow it's easier to justify the non-attacking center backs because you're going to get so many points just based on clean sheets. So yeah. um Chelsea's defense was so good in that second half of that Liverpool match that I was like, I don't why it just felt crazy. I was like, why don't I have like two Chelsea defenders? Like what, you know, like, like maybe that's like, maybe just ignore Ronaldo and just have like three Chelsea defenders. And you're just like, you're just like immune to all rotation. You just have three of them. And you, I mean, Marcus Alonso is the one I still can't quite come to terms with because I mean, surely at some point Ben Chilwell starts to get some starts, right? It just seems crazy to me that, He's just completely lost his place there. But um, I think the way yeah, to do yeah. that, though, Josh, is I mean, we're, nobody nobody's in love with their goalkeeper right now and their fantasy team. So I think you've got Mendy and Rudiger. And, uh, you know, if you're trying to save money, maybe I can't believe I'm going to make this argument, but drop Trent down to Virgil van Dyke. Um, yeah, because well, what, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same thing with Matip. Like Matip, yeah. I think, is a great center back. But Klopp has options, and Klopp has a lot of games to plan for. Van Dyke is going to be, as he is fit, going to play all of them. Matip will get rotated to get others playing time and to keep Matip healthy. Um, that would be the concern there. I just don't want to mess around with these players just because they're 0.5 cheaper that they suddenly might drop to the bench. Yeah. And the only reason I got them is because I want an easy, clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, Kanate is was a big money signing for them too. I mean, presumably at some point he's going to start getting some starts, and, and he's certainly not going to replace Van Dyke. So I think, I think, I think um, Matip is, is is a little too dangerous. And then yeah, De Gea. I mean, I'm just not interested at all in that combination. You'd have to have both to feel confident about that. Although De Gea had a great game today, so I, I don't want to. I don't want this to be an anti De Gea pop because that double save was phenomenal. Incredible, it was really incredible. Uh, but yeah, I think Christensen I'm a little more excited about. And part of the reason why is because as somebody who got very close to wildcarding last night, um, and before kind of walking away from it, I, I like dare you to find a way <laughs> to have like Reese James and Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and sort of like keep all of these players in your squad and still, and still make it work. It's, it's almost impossible. Um, so you're going to have to cut 
into or, or find those cheaper ways. And so I think Christensen, I, I actually read about him a little bit before this uh, today's podcast. I saw this question. I was thinking about it, and you know, he really got singled out by Tuchel after the after that match yesterday, and um, about how good he feels about him, and they're talking about contract extension now, and and so maybe we just have to look past again. This is like our, our one of our themes of this year, along with along with the ever present make fantasy fun again. It's it's tabula rasa, right? Blank blank slate, start fresh. And I don't know about you, Brandon, but my, in my head, Andreas Christensen is the player who got subbed out, injured like four consecutive matches when <laughs> yeah. all of us had him. All in like the was, 56th minute or thereabouts. Yep. Though, exactly. I mean, I think he tabula, he tabula rossed me in the Champions League final against City when he had to come on, right, a cold off the bench in for an injured Thiago Silva. And he played phenomenally and yeah. helped that team yeah. win a European Cup. So, uh, yeah, I, I love uh, it. Similar to what I was saying about Matip. I think Christensen's great. I just, I, I'm, I'm just a little, I, I'm not prepared to put myself in a position where with just these such marginal defensive positions, I'm playing a rotation game that I probably should instead be playing with some attacking players like a fair and Torres. All right. Well, just while we're talking defenders here, uh, another another in the cheap defender category is DCUS. Is it time to seriously start considering a Spurs defensive asset like Reggion? Finish on three bonus points today. Sure. I mean, we've I I Joshua in this parish have been shouting Reggion would be the pick 5.0. And he had a great match against Wolves. Um, five 5.1 now, quite annoyingly. That, that is annoying. That is annoying. I mean, but I did also point out last week that Spurs defense was way outperforming the XG against them in game weeks one and two. Like they, yeah. they should have let goals in by by what the stats showed us. And so now it's like after that performance in game week three, do I have to suddenly change my tune? If you look at Spurs upcoming fixtures, they've got. Palace in game week four, fine. Followed by Chelsea, not so good. Arsenal, f- fine. Villa, so the Villa, Newcastle, West Ham. The fixtures are actually pretty good. Okay, fine. If you want a Spurs defender, get a Spurs defender. And if you do, get Reggion. <laughs> I think so. I think I think I would pay for the upgrade for Reggion. I think part of the, my worry about Dyer is that I I do think that eventually we're going to see a Romero. Uh, Christian Romero start to get some minutes. It, it's actually, it's very similar to the Canate situation at Liverpool where there's an expensive center back who was signed, who will surely start to get minutes at some point. And when, when he does, I think that it um, will put one of Dyer and Sanchez at risk. And because I can't tell who that's going to be, I don't really want either one. Um, and so, I mean, I guess like we could probably look at like who's left footed and right footed, but that doesn't always, that doesn't always at a cider anyway, you know, so make um, fantasy you, fun again, Josh. Yeah, maybe Tanganga three consecutive starts, and it looks like he has. I mean, I mean, there there are healthy players who could be playing over him uh, in uh, in in Doherty and uh, and Aurier. So uh, the fact that he's he's you know, gotten three spars against you know some tough matches as well. So um, so I think that he he's maybe a little safe too if you just if you just can't get to Reggion in that point six million more. But I, I've come around a little bit too. I think it's I think it's okay. And I think Christensen is the one that I feel. Um, the most, not just to go back to that for one second, is the one that I feel the most strongly about in this price bracket, um, just because uh, they did move Zuma on, uh, right? I think he's, isn't he going to West Ham now? Yes. There's like a yes. loan deal that's, yep. 
which may actually help with, with Sufal too, uh, stabilize their defense a little bit. Uh, but with him out, I mean, you have Tiago Silva, who is, I think he's like 37 or something like that. So I think, I think Christensen's a reasonably safe pick. I do agree with you that he's at some risk of rotation, but everybody is in, under Tuchel. So I think um, that's just something you have to be kind of mentally ready for. So Brandon, it is now time to talk about Man United, the Man United conundrum. The reason why I couldn't pull the trigger yesterday was was because of Bruno, and I just couldn't. I I, I don't know how to quit him, even though yeah. he's said. I mean, okay, as, as Shiv says, what to do with Bruno? He's looked bad these last two games, and that's coming from United diehard. What are we going to do with our man Bruno, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruno stays until Ronaldo comes in, and I think what from what we've seen, an easy move is uh, Bruno to, for, for me, Bruno to Greenwood and a striker to Ronaldo. And that is, that, that's a little hypothetical because I still have I still can't fully imagine what Manchester United are going to look like with Ronaldo starting for them. And if I'm, and I'm trying to think about how Bruno and Ronaldo will play together within within 11 and if you think about all the commentary from f fpl managers where all they really knew of bruno was him being captained in their fantasy team watching portugal and the euros this summer and they're like wow so bruno really doesn't do much for this this portugal side and uh that portugal side includes a one cristiano ronaldo so what are we able to draw any conclusions from that, that really uh, Bruno might be slightly diminished? I think it really will come down to who plays centrally, like probably Ronaldo a little off to the left. Maybe Greenwood still keeps his central role. You play Sancho on the right, and then you've got Bruno just behind. And that could turn into points for everybody. It could turn Mm -hmm. into points for just a couple of those four players. It's really difficult yeah. to tell. So I, I think it's an unanswerable question on Bruno at this point, because like that's yeah. all theorizing. The fact of the matter is Bruno uh, is an elite fantasy asset. And uh, until that actually changes and it could change tomorrow, uh, I, yeah. I can't move him. So the Bruno said, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously Bruno and Ronaldo are sort of have to be paired together as we talked about them. And I mean, Ronaldo is a, you know, just a points goblin. I feel like he's going to, you know, just, you know, it's funny. I said goblin. I was thinking he gobbles the points. It still works. It still works. Yeah. Is that where goblin comes from? Is it goblin on, you know, your, you know, the old, like uh, on your farm? Like okay. Your that that is probably sure. the farthest from a, a Latin text as, as you can get there, Jeff. <laughs> so anyway, he's a selfish points goblin. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, that's actually my, my team name is going to be selfish points goblin FC after this. Bro. Wonderful. So I can fit it all yeah. in with the characters. Yeah. Just drop but, the uh, FC. I think you're right. I think that uh, the situation to me is this. Uh, Ronaldo is, is going to sign this week. I mean, Man United have already confirmed it. Um, however, Portugal, he's, he, he's playing for Portugal over the international as far as, as, as far as we know right now, he's been called up and he's planning to play. So, uh, I, I think that he will. And unless, you know, I, I just, it feels unlikely, especially cause I think he's like, I think he's a goal away from setting the all time international goals record. I like think he's like clearly going to play in these matches and two of the three of them are world cup qualifiers. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and that, and the, the one that's international friendly is in the, in between those two. So uh, Portugal, Ireland's Wednesday first, I think there's a very good chance that he will be playing in that. So if he plays in that final qualifier where they play Azerbaijan on um, September 7th, 
Then the first time that Ronaldo will be training with that team is on Wednesday, September 8th, right? At the absolute earliest. If not, if not, it may be like the day after that, right? Like that Thursday. Uh, and I th- let's see, when do Man United actually play their match in game week four? Is it... Um, yeah, so it's it's one of the early matches on September 11th. So, at, you know, he'll have basically two days to trade with the team. Do you immediately slot him in as a starter? I think I think he gets minutes in that Newcastle match. I'm not sure he starts. If Ronaldo doesn't start in game week four, then Bruno was quite easily, in my opinion, the 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 yeah. standout captain pick yeah. for game week four. So I'm going to wild card out the standout captain pick for game week four. It just feels a little aggressive to me and so if Ronaldo starts that match if Ronaldo gets a hat trick if Ronaldo looks incredible I'm bringing that selfish points goblin in immediately right game week five game week five and wild card that is my that is my solemn promise to you Brendan. I'm gonna make it happen yeah well we Um, we we saw this with Messi this weekend with PSG where he made his debut but he made his debut off the bench it's 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 a fan moment you get to have the player, you know, boot up and he gets, he stands on the sideline and the fans go crazy. And he has, you know, this moment where he walks onto the pitch as opposed to these less ceremonial moment of just starting on the pitch while people are still drinking their beers in the concourse. So I, I would assume that's what's going to happen at old Trafford on September 11 is Ronaldo will be on the bench and he'll come on around the 80th minute. And it'll be a party. And then we'll have our, our decision to make. Yep. And I, I think I honestly feel like it's it's to me, it's it's pretty open and shut, which is that he's uh he's gonna want to play all the time. He is a little bit of a not a little bit, he's a ball hog. And I and I, I keep calling him like a points gobble and a ball hog. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Ronaldo. <laughs> I don't really enjoy watching him. I mean, I enjoy watching him. I admire, okay, what, the best thing I can say about Ronaldo is I really admire how much he cares about playing for Portugal. It is it is genuinely charming and and makes me like him more, for sure. Uh, there's, I mean, there's off the field stuff that that's just like, I don't even want to talk about it on this pod. It's not really the, the place to talk about it. Uh, that's pretty awful. Um, but from a, like a pure kind of mercenary fantasy perspective, to me, he's a very clear like he is the one player that I I will certainly have on a wild card. Guaranteed. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And the ultimate goblin maneuver of there's no way Bruno is taking pens with Ronaldo on the pitch. <laughs> it's just not happening. Or in a lot of free kicks too. I mean, you just, you just have to think that Ronaldo is going to be pushing really hard and, and, and just be very involved and play a ton of minutes. And so, uh, and I just think he's also an easy captain pick. And, and I was, I was talking about this on Friday and maybe I was going a little too far with it. Maybe I don't know. Sometimes I get in these moods, you know, where I'm just like, okay, like this is how it's going to be. And, um, it's like, I try to, I'm like talking myself into it by, by tweeting about it or something. But I, I really do feel like he could be a, like a, like a virtual perma captain. Like just, you're just captain him every single week, um, at, at some point fairly soon here. And why are you so certain about that? I mean, he, it's not like he blew the lid off with Juventus and he's, you know, he's, he's not aging in reverse like Benjamin Button. I mean, obviously I I don't disagree with the notion that he's a, that he's a points goblin and, or that I, I guess I'm arguing about that. I don't disagree with the notion that he is just a a goat candidate and a great footballer and will score lots of goals. But I mean, you're, you're making it sound like you've seen something recently. Well, I mean, he was, I, I saw him win the golden boot at the Euros. He scored 29 goals in 33 appearances last season in Syria. I mean, 29 goals, like on a, in a, in his age 36 down year. Right. I mean, you know, I, I just think that he's, 
Uh, and like, yeah, you could say that Serie A is not quite at the level of of the Premier League, but I mean, regardless, twenty nine goals in thirty three matches is is you know pretty darn impressive. And so, um, I just think that he's he's an easy pick uh, because I just think that he's going to get goals, whether it, whether it actually directly leads to Man United winning matches or not. I mean, I, I don't. I think you know. Ultimately, it would have been great if Mignogna had brought Declan Rice. I think. I think. Yeah. Who cares? From a fantasy perspective, who cares? Right. So, um, I think that. Uh, I just think that it's. We've had this a lot though over the years. I mean, the most the most solid year was he was captain in most matches. I think that. Um, uh, you know, we've had uh, Aguero seasons, Luis Suarez seasons. There are a lot of seasons where there's a real standout player, and maybe I'm wrong. Like I, I don't, like I'm not like so married to this. It's just how what I think right now. I and mean, he hasn't played a minute. He hasn't even signed with them. So I'm just saying that for my my feeling right now is that he's going to come in and score a lot of goals, and I'm just going to have him. And I just I don't want to fight it. I don't want to like spend the whole season fighting the Ronaldo thing. I want to just like be like, okay, fine, he's here, whatever. I'm not his biggest fan, but I'm just going to bring him in and captain him, you know? And it's like, that's how I'm going to like, that's my version of making fantasy fun. again is not doing the Ronaldo fight all season where I have to like argue about why I'm not going with him, you know, in a particular game week or something. And so, and again, not, not completely, of course, like, you know, if Sal is at home to Newcastle or something like that, I'm not, I'm not saying like, it just like ends all discussion, but I, I just think I'm going to default to him as a captain a lot once he joins and starts getting regular minutes. Yeah, I mean it's a convincing case, and I don't disagree. I actually love the idea of of the points goblin. I love the idea of being able to have a new Salah, a new Bruno, a new a new mega captaincy option. Yeah. And uh, the the tricky thing is, and it's I wonder if people wild carding right now have this expectation that I'm going to be able to figure out a way to fit everybody in. And right. Ronaldo, uh, so and 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 I was kind of like trying to trying to find my own way down that path myself, watching Lukaku in game week two. I'm like, okay, so we're gonna do Bruno and Sala and Lukaku and Trent, and we're gonna figure this out. The introduction of Ronaldo has put me at ease with that because now I I do think that uh it's gonna be a game of of maybe just rotating between Ronaldo, Lukaku, and Kane uh, for fixture runs. But yeah. that said, I think I, I, because you're not going to have all three of them, suddenly I feel more at ease with this idea that I'm only going to have one premium striker, and that's really all I'm going to have to worry about. And the fact that Ronaldo um, probably is going to tighten the screw on Bruno as a fantasy asset a little bit also um, – alleviates uh my concern there about possibly dropping bruno yeah uh, to to free up the funds so it's kind of like i feel like it's working out it's working out pretty well that's true i mean i guess that's true if you just think about it as him replacing bruno right um which i you know i was, I was talking uh about my about my team last um last night and uh, fpl dare who's a, a a fun a fun follow on, on twitter if you don't follow him already and he was just like you know, it's like for all your talk, it's like you could just take a minus four, right? And just and just move Bruno to Ferran Torres and move Ings to Ronaldo, depending on what price he comes in at. And that would kind of be kind of like, you know, I'm doing that like hand wiping gesture, you know, where it's like, okay, boom, like done. Um, and I think that is a possibility where you can just like, it's like, you know, we can worry about this a lot. But in the end, if you do see Ronaldo as just kind of the better option than Bruno Fernandez and Man United, then it's not really that complicated. Actually, you can kind of have the team you had before. Uh, you just have 
you just have one instead of the other. And I mean, Bruno is so, is so expensive. We already kind of figured out how to fit in these really expensive players. So um, anyway, this is just a long way of me basically agreeing with you completely. The player I do want to talk about though, Brandon, before we end this, this long wild card discussion that we're having right now, uh, interesting, I think. And I think it's made me feel even better about not wild carding yet um, is Boston Prof, who says, seems like the difference between, he's not the person I want to talk about. The person I want to talk about is Mason Greenwood. Boston Prof <laughs> no, no, says. No, no, stop. I want to talk about Boston Prof. <laughs> Let's talk about Boston Prof. He says, uh, seems like the difference between doing good and doing great in game weeks one through three has come down to one man, Mason Greenwood. And he says in parentheses, I don't have him. And, and I don't have him. He says, what do you think of him going forward? Does Ronaldo put his place in jeopardy? Is he too valuable? If you don't have him, should be the top of your list to get. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, and I, I guess because I because I just said it, the question out loud, I'll give you a chance to, to answer it here, Brian. What do you think? Well, I do think it's fairly straightforward. I think Greenwood keeps his spot. I mean, Greenwood has essentially won two games for men, or he's he's gotten two results. Uh, if you talk about that draw at Southampton and, and the victory today against, uh, God, I can't even remember who they were playing. God, these games... They fly by. Um, and and also, if you just look at the way Ole has been running his substitutions, uh, he mm-hmm. Wolves, is, by the way. Yeah. He, yes, he, he, he's he been bringing on, he brought in um, uh, Edison Cavani. He's brought on Martial to effective number nine, effectively number nine, sort of played number mm-hmm. nine while Greenwood is on the pitch. He's brought off Sancho and left Greenwood on like, Basically, all of the in-game management that's happening is happening around Greenwood. And Greenwood is being either moving to a different spot in the formation of the team or the formation is changing to help him. It seems like Greenwood is, and there's, there's a lot of debate about this, but especially amongst Manchester United fans who seemingly aren't ready to accept that Mason Greenwood is... Yeah, their best uh, striker, full stop. Um, he's ready. I I don't think he loses his spot. I think he probably might get pushed a little wider. But the goals, the great goals that we've seen Greenwood score both this season and previous seasons, often come from him cutting in from a wide position. So yeah. if you feel like, oh, maybe Greenwood's not going to be a central, fine. That doesn't matter. That's actually. Um, great because he is a scorer of great goals coming from wide positions. And uh, as, as I was saying, I think probably your preferred front three for Ole would be Ronaldo Greenwood and Jaden Sancho. And I, yep. I mean, are you going to feel Cavani and Ronaldo? That sounds great. If you're playing like FIFA ultimate team, but in re- 2002 <laughs> or 2012. Yeah. yeah. In reality, it, it, it then suddenly uh, goes from, Oh, you're playing an incredible global star to, wow, this is now like a home for old people sort of starting 11. Yeah. And I think it's that finely balanced. So I, I, I love Greenwood. I do think uh, he, you know, as Boston prop points out, because he's been that pivotal to the start of the season, uh, why would the con- uh, conclusion you draw not be he will remain pivotal for the yeah. unforeseeable future? I, I mean, I don't have a lot to add to that, really. I mean, I, I, I he's seven point six million. He's a very affordable. He he. OGS has always been. I mean, he scored in every match, right? For one thing, and 
and and pretty i mean you know okay you say what you will about that i mean i kind of explained why i thought the goal today was 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 a pretty good goal in its in its way right but it's it was a byproduct of, of his aggression right and of his kind of willingness to kind of try something right um the first goal he scored the one um at home to leeds was a phenomenal goal absolutely incredible right pace uh i mean incredible pace and uh you know even better finish um and so yeah i mean the the you know the other goal that he scored was just kind of great positioning, right? The right pace, the right time. Bruno plays the ball in Pogba kind of passes a little further along and he knocks it in. Right. Um, just, you know, he just, that's just what he does. And that's why he gets minutes because he's, he's, he's just a very smart attacking player. And, and I, I think you're right. The fact that he's young is making people not realize stuff. Like I think he's already better than Marcus Rashford. I don't know if that's like some like totally, you know, um, terrible and, and awful thing to say. I mean, I know that Marcus Rashford's a wonderful person um, and a fantastic player, but I would rather like, if, if, like on the transfer market right now, I think the Greenwood would fetch more money than, than Marcus Rashford would. Um, and I just think that he's, you know, you can, he, he's so versatile positionally too, like you said. Um, and so I, it's kind of like Ferran Torres a little bit too, where it's, you first in this position right now, we have the two of the best teams in the league and they both have 7 million midfielders that you can just kind of snag right now for for cheap and and okay like let's say let's let's play it out with both of them right is mason greenwood a 38 game week starter no is he a 34 or 32 game week starter maybe yeah, i think probably. He, I, yeah, probably right mm-hmm. and yeah maybe he misses six matches and who you know who else is gonna miss six matches almost everybody else like practically every other player is gonna miss a handful of matches this season including players like bruno and and and, and ronaldo and you know and ferran torres maybe it's more like 30 in his case but you know he rose today he's at 7.1 million okay so fine you know maybe you're gonna miss seven or eight starts for the season but if he's going to be consistently playing as the forward for Man City, it doesn't really matter. You just have to have a, a bench option. I think anyway. Ferran Torres is a little cheaper because he's a small guy. He's, you know, it's a yeah. per, it's a per, per stone, per pound. Per pound. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I think, I think you're right. We, we probably haven't talked about him enough. I mean, I, I do think on a wild card, I would try to find a way to fit him in too. Uh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. my issue with City right now is I, they played Arsenal and off the back of, uh, it's like two five zero results against Norwich and Arsenal, and f- forgive me, Arsenal fans, but you are god awful and the worst. That was not fun. <laughs> that was not fun. Yeah. Um. Fun. Uh, I don't want to diminish how good City are, but if you th- if you take like if you take into account the quality of the opposition and the score lines, and then you look at uh, City's upcoming fixtures. Uh, City have Leicester, Southampton, two pretty good fixtures, followed by Chelsea and Liverpool in game week six and seven. And this is this is when we get to have wild card conversation number two is after game week seven. There is the second international break between game weeks seven and eight. And after game week seven, there is a huge fi- fixture shift for a lot of teams, including Chelsea. Uh, but City will kick kick off things in game week eight with home Burnley followed by Brighton. So I, I, I kind of think I'm not going to have I'm not going to grapple with the Ferran Torres issue until yeah. that 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 moment in time. So weird. Port. Right. <laughs> I like do what we trust him at this point. John Stones hasn't started a minute. Has he played a single minute so far? This no, season? I don't think so. No, I think yeah. you, you just got to get Diaz. Right. It's it's just kind of yeah. boring and, and simple. Yeah. There was some moment. I. It's like I don't know why. I mean, they don't even look that similar, but. 
uh, Rodri and Diaz, sometimes I like forget who is who, you know, and when, when Rodri scored, um, on Saturday, I had like a full 20 seconds where I was like, that is Rodri, right? That's not, yeah, that's not Diaz. yeah no, they, they both have the, the very workmanlike, uh, side part haircuts. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. They, they, they're, they're the guys that show up with the briefcase, uh, at the, in, in the, in the locker room, just like ready to get to work. <laughs> yeah. Rodri's cool too. I think he's like, uh, I mean, not, not that this is like some, like I don't have a problem with tattoos, but he's got like this kind of weird, like strange personality, right? Where he doesn't have like any tattoos, and he's very like tucks his um, shirt in. Yeah, tucks his shirt in. He's got like a weird. It's it just like it, it makes, but just being kind of not like your typical like. It feels like everybody's got a sleeve now. Even Christian Pulisic has like a sleeve, like a tattoo sleeve. You <laughs> oh, know? he's got that awful. Yeah. Like he puts, he's got the uh, the realistic tiger tattoo on his forearm, so he's got like <laughs> the eye of the tiger. Oh man, yeah, no. it's not. It's I don't know. It's not not really working. So that's. I, I think we've we've talked a lot about. I mean, there there are some questions that I'm just going to skip over here because we talked about a lot of it already. But I think both of us are in the position where I, I totally get you know making. I, I think okay. One last thought here, Brendan, which is that if I were in a position where I was kind of like you were last season where you just like things did not click the first three weeks. Right. And you were just sort of not feeling great about where you were and feeling like you took some wrong moves and you're a little on the fence about whether a wild card or not. Um, let's say you're like 1.8 million overall or something like that. And you're just like, I just, I, I, I made a bunch of wrong decisions. I think in that case I would advocate for wild carding just because it's going to make things more fun for you. And I think that there's a real edge potentially, um, and, and just going ahead and getting some of these players early. And so I think that's, that's worth the risk in that case. Yeah. And I would encourage you if you do, if you do that to not be too clever. I mean, I had a tricky start last season and it only got worse when I tried to wild card and correct it. And I wild carded going into game week three, thought I was getting in early on the Everton Wolves, Manchester city narrative. So the Wolves and Everton definitely didn't work out and and I fell farther back and I was able to build my overall rank back up to, uh, you know, I got to the top 100K at, at some point around game week 25. And that was by just kind of zeroing in on higher ownership players who were doing well. I kind of like became a little bit boring. Um, so I, I feel like we don't have enough information on this season yet to play a wild card in a from a not from a position of not strength and be clever because you could just you the odds are you'll make it worse you know what i mean i totally agree i think it's um it's it's so hard to resist the temptation to do that um to get too clever because if it, go, if it comes off you get to kind of you know when when twitter or when you're you know um whatsapp you know chat with your mini league friends or whatever you know like it's it's so satisfying when it comes off but i think ultimately it's um it's usually not the not the not the way to go, and um, you know there's there's better. You, you got to pick your spots, and usually wild card is not the, is not the time to go like super crazy with with moves. So yeah, totally agree with there. Uh, on that note, let's take a break. We're gonna get back with a very short lightning round. But Brandon, by God, I wrote these questions down, and we're going to do them. So let's. We whoa, must. I pounded the table there. I don't know if you heard those. A loud <laughs> bang. Uh, that's how committed I am. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. All right, Brandon, taking a break. Let's talk about Fantasy Football Hub. First things first, if you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always, you get 25% off any tier of your choice. Long-time listeners of the pod know that we've talked about them. We're friends with them. We we shout out their content all of the time because it's it's a great site with a lot of great resources. And 
kind of gets like something for everybody. If you want articles, they've got that. If you want videos, they've got that. If you want podcasts, they've got that. Uh, if you want Opta data, they've got that as well. And the Opta data, in fact, is the thing that I personally use the most. Not that I'm a Opta whiz by any means, but I just I just love digging through Opta data. I just think it's so fun to to, to look through it and try to find um, the best usually data. I'm yeah, the best data are just trying to like confirm what I already thought. You know, it's, I, sure. it's a lot of confirmation by, you know, but um, anyway, so uh, great site, great resources uh, and, and, you know, run by, run by a great guy, might I add as well. So uh, just like, it's like, a, it's the kind of site that you want to support. So fantasyfootballhub.co.uk can be a resource all season long, a great go-to fantasy football resource. Once again, go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always to get 25% off the tier of your choice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back. Got three question lightning round this week. For anyone who's new to the lightning round, every question gets a 30-second response, not a second longer. This entire section, Brendan, is going to take us 90 seconds to get through. Incredible. I guarantee it. Yeah. First question, jail for Mike Ashley says, if you find yourself <laughs> wait, in wait, a wait, 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 stop. I just want to pause on that name from the, uh, yeah. the questioner, yeah. jail yeah. for Mike Ashley. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's actually FPL jail for Mike Ashley. I did, oh. I did, I did change it a little bit for the uh, okay. for the read. Uh, it's a pretty creative FPL. You know, there's, uh, they're like, we're out of like combinations of words to use now for FPL <laughs> Twitter handles. So he says, if you find yourself in a really surprising highest you've ever been and likely to be highest ever position, 
how do you maintain that position or thereabouts, right? So there must be some people listening to this podcast right now who are maybe inside the top 20K or the top 100K, like whatever, top 500, whatever, whatever it is that they're like, this is like the best I've ever done. And I really don't want to screw it up right now. What is the advice for a manager like that, Brad? Oh, gosh. Like, I feel like if you start the season and you're doing poorly, there is this pressure to move faster, change things faster, to try and catch up. Yep. And uh, there is a there will be a temptation if you see things moving fast, but you're doing well to also move fast. But change slowly. I think you have the advantage if you started the season well to yeah. be a little bit more methodical. And the good news is, is if you're doing well, you probably have most of the good players. What you want to look for over the next few weeks is you're probably, there's probably one, maybe two players that you don't have that are trends or will soon become trends. So Josh, you and I have both been talking about bringing in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not a secret but I feel like there are a lot of people in the top 100K right now who don't have Dominic Calvert-Lewin For and sure. will be yeah. moving on him because he's looked good. So yeah. if, if you're trying to figure out how to maintain, look for trends like that where you can make those little calibrations in your, in your front line or elsewhere in your team just to keep up with those trends. And if you're able to keep up with the trends, you're probably going to maintain your rank. And then there will come a moment where you're going to, where things are going to shift wildly. And then that's a whole different conversation. I think that's, I think change slowly is, is actually a really good practical piece of advice. Because I mean, any team that's doing well probably has some combination of Salah, Ben Rama probably had Bruno in game week one, at least maybe has son. I mean, you know, just like to, to change wildly from that template would, would, would probably be a mistake. And it's exactly why you and I are both kind of disinclined to, to wildcard, I think. Um, at the moment. And so I, I, I put a lot of value in moving early on, on players, right? Like I, I think that um, one of the ways to really do well in this game is to move, is to move early and be aggressive. But I typically do that on a transfer by transfer basis. You know, I'm not doing that on a burn eight here. Um, just bring in the, you know, burn, even burning, burning four is not something that I'm inclined to do in most cases. Right. I, I, I like to get there early, but I think you can do it just through the normal channels. So I think that's exactly um, what you're talking about, which is, yeah, change, be aggressive. You, you probably got in early on some people if you're doing this well, right? Like maybe you brought in Ben Rama in game week two or, or, um, or, or pivoted from, you know, Jota to Mason Mount or whatever. Right. And so I think that, um, just keep doing these, those little moves. I think that that's really the trick and, and don't, um, and, and also don't, don't stress out if you have a bad game, like, like don't fall, don't like flip out because if you're doing really well, if you're in the top 20 K this early on in the season, it's, it's going to be super volatile, right? Like you're going to, you're going to move up, you, yeah. you know, you get your one bad game week away from being outside the top 200 K probably. So, um, you have to keep that in mind that you, um, that, it, you know, like it, it's put you in a good position, but you're going to swing back and forth a little bit. And that's oh, just nature yeah. of the game. I finished on 60 points in game week two and dropped 80,000 spots. And I would consider that like staying the same, like a, yeah, a, a totally. gray arrow. Like I didn't move up or down that it's, it's yeah. that volatile. It's, we're that tightly packed right now in oh, points. Totally. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I would, I would feel the same. So, um, all right. Next question is from Chancer. One of, one of my favorite question askers, Brandon, he says, I have serious Lester trust issues right now. How do you, <laughs> I don't trust them either, Dan. And also shout out to Dan. I was trying to jump on a, a Twitter uh, what do you call a Twitter like room or something like that? Know, whatever those are called. Hangout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
love 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 chancer uh i I don't I I don't care for how Leicester have looked. I mean a, a 2-1 victory over Norwich uh not super convincing. I mean your boy Josh Mark Albrighton with the game winning mm-hmm. goal. Uh it it something doesn't feel quite right to me. Their defense is unsettled with injuries yeah. uh and uh and and Harvey Barnes just hasn't hit the ground running. And I feel like it, when we're talking about Leicester and FPL right now we're really only talking about Harvey Barnes and FPL managers who decided to keep the faith with Barnes heading into yeah. game week three. You're like, okay, I suffered two weeks with Barnes. Now they've got Norwich in game week three. I must persist. Okay. Yeah. You've persisted. You've got nothing for your troubles. It's time to give up the <laughs> Harvey Barnes dream. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Le- Lester will finish in the top 10. They will have great moments sure. and all that, but seven or something. Yeah. yeah. They 100% do not fit the FPL conversation right now. I don't think so either. You know, credit to Vardy. I mean, he's, he's got 19 points. He's certainly had a very reasonable, good start of the season. Uh, I was a little down on him. So I, I will, I will shout him out and give credit there, but he's, he's 10.5 million, which is a huge price. And yeah, I mean, I still think there's, there's, there are some interesting ways into that defense at some point. Um, but again, it's, it's just, it's just too early. They're too unsettled. It doesn't, it all, none of it makes any sense. And James Madison, by the way, cheapers creepers, right? Like, I guess it's just never going to happen for him as like a, as a fantasy asset, at no. least, you know, just, yeah. Uh, yeah, no goals and assists through, through the first three matches. So, uh, not saying he's not playing well, but just from a fantasy perspective, um, it's just not working. So final question is, uh, from Jason Beshava, 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 B-A-I-S-E, Beshava. He says, which, pre- which premium player? And then he lists Fernandez, Salah, Mane, Lukaku, Ronaldo, Kane, Son, has the most make fantasy fun again potential. I mean, Ronaldo, the guy who we spent a good 30 minutes talking about, and I think like we spent that long talking about him because we think he's going to be fun and we think he's going to score a lot of points. So to state the obvious, I think it's Ronaldo, but otherwise I do not want to give Mo Salah short shrift. I feel like we haven't really talked about Mo a lot since his captain exploits in game week one, but he's, He's consistently delivering. He got a goal in game week three. And Salah is an old pro at making fantasy fun. And he does it by scoring multiple goals a game and um, just kind of all around being a baller. And I love him. Wasn't it, I was actually shocked when he ended up with on the three bonus points uh, in that match. Because just when Mosel only gets one goal, it is very rare for him to get three bonus. So I was like, all right, hey, look yeah, at that. That's a classic yeah. one, 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 uh, a one, one results yeah. is going to favor Mo Salah in the that's bonus true. points. Candidate. That's how Mason Greenwood ended up with the, uh, with the three bonus in that man United match too. Like nobody played well, but you know, score a goal and be a midfielder, right? Not a defender yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, so actually it was very similar because Trent got two bonus, which was just like Lou Shaw in that, um, that Southampton man United yeah, match right. before. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. I think, um, I was trying to think of what would make fantasy fun. I mean, maybe, maybe Harry Kane, who has a, a giant ceiling and, um, is basically on nobody's radar right now, mm-hmm. um, has a lot to, has to make up a lot with, with, with the fans. And I think it's going to, there's like some real like fan trust issues that have to get over, overcome there. Even, even if we all intellectually understand that it was totally reasonable for him to do this, but um, it kind of means you don't get to do the, like, you know, 
I mean, this is the, this is the trade-off you make, right? You are allowed to 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 pursue your financial self-interest, and that is a totally reasonable and fine thing to do. But then you don't kind of get to pretend that you're all about the club, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you don't. That's that's the that's what you that's your trade-off, and that's that's something that most people are are willing to do. But then if it doesn't work out, and you come back and you say that it was the fans were you know, um, just the fans brought you back and that's why you decided to stay through this, through the summer or whatever. Um, then, well, you know, yeah, cause everyone sees through it. It's right? the beauty of Zlatan. Like Zlatan has just embraced the fact that he's a total villain and, yeah, yeah. and somehow that is, it's different and a little more palatable yeah. than what Kane is up to these days. So with all that said though, Brendan, I will, I will embrace when it comes to make fantasy fun again, I, I like the Kane back potential right come back the came back all right i'll allow I'm, it i'm coiny, coiny did you just one. come up with that one i did yeah kind of yeah kind of it's like pog back you know came back <laughs> so um so but kane coming back being you know doing really well becoming a great fantasy asset obviously did not start the hottest today right finished with on one point and a yellow card but i think that there is a lot of um potential there with kane and um if you got it on him early it could be a lot of fun. So that that is one who maybe lurks a little under the radars and make fantasy fun again, potential player. Well, I have neither of us mentioned Lukaku here because like has he has has the Liverpool match just totally sucked all of the wind out of I the Lukaku sailboat? I think it's just Ronaldo, honestly. I actually thought he was like the best player in the second half of yeah, that yeah. Liverpool. I mean, I mean I mean okay, I mean obviously like the the Chelsea defensive unit deserves a lot of credit, but I thought that Lukaku had just some great moments where he just was just so strong on the ball and was just really um, creating problems. And he actually could have scored late in that match too, or, or I think he set up Mason Mount for a shot late on too, or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I'm all in on the cock. I just don't think it's as fun as, as the Kane narrative. True. Yeah. I'll buy it. Kane back. Kane back. All right. That's your pod. Thanks for listening. I won't do the whole Patreon spiel again, but if you want to support the pod, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Brendan, do you want to thank our Patreon producers? Oh yeah. Big thanks to our producers who make it all possible. Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T. To Big Gaffer, Bob Scoon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Andy Borlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue No Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, Ram Frost, AJ, Fly You Fools, Jeremy Spiker, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halston, Matthew Becker, Caleb Rabi, Todd Byerly, Alper Paxoy, Martin Opseth, Lee Hickman, Valger Paulson, Kruger, Val, Val, I, I, that one trips me up every time. Yeah, Val, yeah. Belger, yeah. Paulson, Kruger. Uh, I always think about um, uh, who's the who's. I, the, I, <laughs> I changed the font it. to put it all in one line. <laughs> <laughs> who's Meatloaf's character in Fight Club, where like he only has a a, a name after he he dies, and his name was. <sighs> something paulson uh anyway. i can't remember wow yeah <laughs> anyway fight club check it out jazz binning another producer francis moore and our newest producer managed by lasso uh remember rate review and subscribe to the always cheating podcast listen we know patreon is not for everybody but if you do want to say thanks for nothing uh just go over to your apple podcast app and give us five stars 
helps us yeah. a lot. Don't um, say thanks for nothing, ideally. <laughs> yes. You can say thank you at no cost to you, I should say. Uh, follow us wherever you get your social media. We're most active on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. Email is hailcheaters at gmail.com. For all this information and more, visit our website, alwayscheating.com. That sounds perfect. And by the way, I have been trying to post a little more on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, give us a follow at Hail Cheaters. I've been trying to, to put some like kind of behind the scenes photos of us putting together the pod and, and things like that. So uh, if that's if that's your bag, uh, go check it out. But otherwise, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. I think we're going to be recording a day late. It's a, it, it's a, a holiday weekend here uh, next weekend in the U.S. And you and I are both uh, doing some some traveling. Uh, Brandon, you're, you're coming back to New York. And so back to the city, uh, baby. Yeah, if, this, I'm this. sorry if you got used to the crickets because uh, <laughs> crickets are going away after this. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to trade the crickets for pizza rats, Josh. That's true. I mean, there's less noise, right? A little gnawing <laughs> sound, but not, not too bad. Right. But thanks, everybody. We'll, we'll see you in a week. Bye. Boku forever. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.